Hi, welcome to my podcast, Well 50, Wellness Reimagined, where we explore transformative whole self wellness strategies to inspire women to embrace a journey of movement, mindset, and health while fostering self-love. My focus is to empower listeners to find the courage to pursue their dreams and discover happiness in every aspect of their life. I'm Ellen Funk, a former management consultant turned life and wellness coach and entrepreneur. My hope is to inform, get you thinking and moving towards a happier, healthier you. So let's dive in. Welcome to my second episode of my podcast, Well 50, Wellness Reimagined. I am so excited that you are here and listening. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about sleep after 50, why we need it, and how to get it. Without a doubt, one of the biggest ongoing wellness complaints that I hear about from my clients, from my friends, from the ladies in the line at the grocery store is, after 50, we can't sleep. And this takes on a couple of different forms. Some people can't fall asleep in the first place. Some ladies can fall asleep, but they wake up in the middle of the night and they're up for hours. Some fall asleep, sleep through the night, but they wake up at 4 a.m. and they can't fall back asleep. So that's when their day starts. When we all get together, we ladies, This is a huge topic of conversation. We will launch into talking about all the different ways we can't sleep. And then we will launch into all of the remedies that we've tried to improve our sleep. This can occupy a great deal of conversation at a girl's night because it is such a problem. Let's face it. We all know that when we sleep poorly, we feel like crap the next day. So today I am going to talk about sleep, what the challenges are, what the dangers of inadequate sleep are long term, and what we can do to improve our sleep today. So there is a prevalence of sleep problems. Sleep issues often become more common and worsen during menopause. This can include hot flashes, insomnia, sleep disorder breathing, and other mood and sleep disorders. After that, a study from the National Sleep Foundation found that as many as 61% of postmenopausal women report insomnia symptoms. Insomnia describes a chronic difficulty falling or staying asleep that occurs more than three nights a week. This can be the experience of restless sleep, missing out on overall sleep, waking up early, and it often results in feeling sleepy and tired during the day. The sleep deprivation caused by insomnia can increase feelings of anxiousness and irritability, It can impair our focus and our memory, and it can increase headaches and inflammation. No wonder we complain about it. These sleep issues are making our lives much, much more difficult. So 
this is kind of a laundry list of the immediate effects of not getting enough sleep. But what are the long-term term dangers of inadequate sleep? Research done by the Center, of Disease, Center for Disease Control and the American Heart Association found that individuals who sleep less than six hours per night are at a higher risk for developing a whole host of chronic conditions. Those include obesity and weight gain, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease and stroke, and frequent mental distress, including stress, anxiety, and depression. Long-term not getting enough sleep definitely decreases cognitive function. And if that's not enough, people who sleep less than seven hours per night are three times more likely to develop a cold than those who sleep eight hours or more. So now we know that we need to get sleep. We need to know that we need to get enough sleep or else all this bad stuff could possibly happen. So what is enough sleep? On this subject, experts will vary a little bit. And this is something there's been, again, hundreds of studies done on. But for the most part, they will fall on. It's generally believed that between seven and a half and nine hours of sleep is ideal. Now, that number can vary from person to person, and even within yourself, that can vary depending on some outside factors like how much activity you get, your health, or the level of stress you're living with. In situations where you are having health difficulties or you are under a tremendous amount of stress, your body actually requires additional sleep which is why if you don't get enough sleep, it makes the, those two situations so much worse. So I think I've made a pretty compelling argument, and I think we all kind of know, that not getting enough sleep has short-term effects and long-term very serious health effects. So what can we do to improve our sleep? The first thing that we can do is to develop a bedtime routine. Much like when we were raising our children and we would have a brush your teeth, you know, turn on the nightlight, read a book, whatever the routine was to help them fall asleep, we as adults can benefit from that also. It's also important to maintain a regular sleep schedule getting up at the same time and going to sleep at about the same time in order to help your circadian rhythm really be continuous and be in sync. I know that's easier said than done, particularly on the weekends, but the more that you can do that, the easier your sleep is going to be. It's really critical if you find yourself waking up during the night to develop a routine to fall back asleep. It's best to try to not get out of bed and to try not to do anything like turn on devices and things like that. However, the problem with laying there awake in a dark room is that no good thoughts are had at 2 a.m. You will probably experience more stress at that time and have a lot of bad thoughts going through your head rather than unless you can be really disciplined and think only good thoughts to help you fall back asleep. 
So it's important to try to figure out what works for you. I personally read, but a lot of people, if they start to do something at all, it really screws it up. So you need to try and see what will work for you. Part of the bedtime routine that can be really helpful is to keep your bedroom dark and comfortably cool. This has been shown to be kind of the ideal environment to sleep in. And it is extremely important to turn off all of your devices. This is not only your phone, but if you read on a Kindle or an iPad, your television, everything, to turn all of your devices off. Because your devices are a physical and psychological distraction, especially if you have people in your life that are used to you always being available. Now, I know there's situations, there's certainly some jobs and there's family situations where you do have to be available in the middle of the night. But if that is not actually the case for you, it's important to shut your phone off and to not have it anywhere near you to remove that distraction. It's also really helpful. In fact, some people I know keep their phone in another room or even the bathroom so that they won't see it or they won't hear it if they can't turn it off and so that they have to, that it's not right next to them. It's also really helpful to stay off your devices for a few hours to wind down before you go to bed. Your brain actually does do kind of a shutoff when you're not looking at a device, and it does a shut on when you are. So it takes it some time to kind of dial down from looking at devices. So if you're on your phone right before you go to sleep, you may not fall asleep for a while while your brain is starting to do that. Another extremely important and helpful thing, but again, something that you is an individual thing to figure out, is to avoid caffeine and alcohol, especially in the late afternoon and early evening, even if you avoid it at night. Um, this is a very personal thing. I know people who can't drink caffeine past noon or it screws up their sleep. I know women that have given up wine because it's impacting their sleep, things like that. Um, Again, you have to figure this out for yourself. Alcohol is a very big one <laughs> for um, particularly waking up in the middle of the night, I find, and studies find. Um, you have to figure out what works for you. So do some experimenting. Um, honestly, try it for try one thing for a week and see if it improves it. If it doesn't, then try something else until you kind of can figure it out, especially where alcohol and caffeine are concerned. One of the most positive actions that you can take to promote great sleep is to get some exercise during the day. There is a leading sports performance specialist that I work with who reports, who has studied this in hundreds of athletes, and he says that 7,000 steps is the perfect amount of steps to get a good night's sleep. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but you can figure this out for yourself. Again, much like when we were raising kids, we knew that they fell asleep and they slept better if they got a lot of exercise, taking them to the park to wear them out so that they'd get a good night's sleep. That still works for you too. If you exercise during the day, you're going to sleep better at night. So try to get at least some exercise in to promote a good night's sleep. This next one is really, really hard to do. 
for a lot of people, and that is to reduce your stress as much as possible. Stress is a big um, cause of sleep problems, and it is also made worse by not getting enough sleep. So it's kind of a double whammy. One of the things that sometimes can help, so try to do anything you can to reduce stress. Sometimes um, I know it's been helpful when people meditate. Another thing that can really help you turn off your day and put your stress away is journaling. Writing about your day, even a couple sentences can sometimes remove it from your brain in a way that will allow you to go to sleep. And the last suggestion for getting a good night's sleep is to maintain a healthy weight and a healthy diet. I know people say, oh, I can't eat spicy food. It gives me heartburn. I can't sleep. There's lots of stuff like that. I can't, you know, eat chocolate too close to bed. I won't be able to sleep. But in general, a healthier diet and maintaining a healthy weight will help you sleep better. So in conclusion, I think that this short little podcast, I wanted to help to point out what some of the challenges that we all face are and to let you know that you are not alone if you do not get a great night's sleep every night. But the dangers, long-term and short-term, in not getting enough sleep and some really proactive steps of some things you can try to get better sleep. Good luck, happy slumbers, and I'll see you next week.